Hello, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast Technical Difficulties Apology. If you are hearing this opening at the beginning of our broadcast, then at some point during our remote recording of this episode, either Lacey or Annie experienced a free software malfunction or a feline interruption which affected the quality of the recording. We apologize for the inconvenience and assure you that any and all strings of curse words that accompanied said malfunction have been removed from the podcast by our loyal and hardworking sound engineer, Mark. And now, on with the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey barger and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me as per usual is my co-host, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How crazy is today? How are you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, we're doing a little old school today. For those of you who are longtime listeners may remember... Me, uh, I think doing the first year of our show on my bedroom floor before we moved and I got a closet that I could podcast in. Well, send some healing thoughts to my husband because uh, number one television's the podcast fan, Greg, has COVID right now. And uh, I am now on the floor in our guest bedroom because I am hiding from him and his illness. So from the floor back to the floor doing it. Um, yeah, uh, we're also recording early. We're also, we're, we're trying to beat COVID in case it decides to come for Lacey. So, uh, it's not going to come for, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. Cause the no. last time I was on the show and I was like, it's not COVID. And then I was like, go back and listen to the episode where I definitely recorded it with COVID. <laughs> let us hope thoughts and prayers for me that, uh, I, uh, I tested yesterday. I tested this morning and I am still negative for now. Knock wood. Yeah. Um, thoughts and prayers. Yep. All right. Um, what are we talking about today? Oh, right. Well, um, <laughs> we are talking about the new season of All Creatures Great and Small. And as per usual, our regular contributor and All Creatures recapper, Janet Mullaney, is here to join us and uh, uh, very graciously agreed to do this early just in case I get COVID. Hi, <laughs> Janet. Hi. And I am in a different space today, too, because I'm down in my disgusting basement, which is my husband's lair, um, due to technical difficulties. But here I am. It's very weird. Her, she's she's definitely on her husband's computer, masquerading as her husband. Um, it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read all his emails afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that's just one of those things I would never do to my husband because I really just don't need to ever like read his misspellings. Um, because he's as dyslexic as I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Greg is really sending emails right now, so. <laughs> oh, poor Greg. I hope he feels better. I know. I, went, I, I, braved, I braved going out and about earlier to get him medicine. I wore a mask just in case. Mask up if you're not sure, people. That is the correct but way But I gotta to tell be. you, the rules of, like, COVID now are wild. Like, I don't know what I'm allowed to do or what I'm not allowed to do, so. There are no rules. I'm on the guest, I'm on the guest room floor. That's what I'm doing. Yep. The rules are what we make them. Okay, yes. Let us talk about cows, Um, because as always, we are baby lamb. Yes, it's true. There is a a baby lamb. But then, of course, episode two gets back to cows because we cannot go at least two episodes without rescuing some kind of cow. Um, That being said, I would like ferret. There was a ferret. We don't normally get ferrets. Oh, that is true. I was very pleased about the ferret. Um, Mostly because you know most people don't think about ferrets and that people keep ferrets as pets. Um, but people do I mean, keep- not to be, I love all animals, but ferrets are kind of a little gross to me. <laughs> uh, they're a little weaselly. In the north of England, traditionally, keeping ferrets and breeding ferrets and hunting rabbits with them was a working class tradition. So, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Here, I just I- thought it was stoner tradition in America. Right. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently they, apparently they smell really bad, but they that do. was a very pretty ferret. Yeah, that, that's why it's stoner tradition in America. <laughs> anyway. Because um, they smell? Yes. The things I'm learning, thanks to British TV, guys. Anyway, um, I, uh, I I just wanted to ask you guys just, you know, um, we're, we're two episodes in and uh, we'll be back, of course, towards the end. Um, so we haven't actually reached the uh, the Carmoody episodes yet, um, uh, but we have reached Miss Harbottle or, and uh, we have- Hated her. 
and and we have sort of gotten um, a feel for the uh, Tristan-less season that's ahead. And I just kind of want to get your guys' feeling on uh, how this season, how you feel about these first two episodes and how you feel about season four's sort of uh, approach to handling World War II since it is now 1940 and we are definitely, we are definitely in the war. Janet, you want us to go first? Uh, which one of those would you like me to answer? Sorry. Any of them. <laughs> Just go. All of okay. them. How do I feel about the second season? Well, I think, I mean, Tristan clearly is a big gap to fill. And so does this mean that we are going to have one bizarre character, one Harbottle, one comedy per episode from now onwards as a sort of Tristan space filler? Um I mean, I miss Tristan, but I think it's rather nice that we're seeing um, we're seeing the Tristanless household and Siegfried um, missing his brother a tremendous amount and showing it and not really caring that he's showing it. I mean, um, I, I mean this whole thing about grumbling about Tristan's photograph that he looks like a monkey because he's grinning. Um, um, and, and you know, Siegfried can't really talk to anyone about how much he misses his brother because I think it's a question of image. You know, he's the older brother. He's the tough one. He's the one who run, who rules the roost. And, you know, his brother doesn't really make much difference in the grand scheme of things. But poor Siegfried, he is lonely. And you know, that's why I think he gloms on to Miss Harbottle who I think is quite splendid. She's a sort of Amazon of a woman. Um, <laughs> and, and he seems to enjoy being bossed around because he's not having to make the decisions. But then he realizes that he isn't enjoying being bossed around because they're just chalk and cheese. And all I can think of is that must have been one heck of a foxtrot. Unless that's a euphemism, a Yorkshire euphemism for something else. <laughs> they have I, really weird chemistry, so I would not be shocked. I um I I had not actually thought of the Foxtrot as um PBS euphemisms, but now that you say that, it takes a whole different spin on that episode, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the way they grinned at each other when she came in, I mean, clearly there's a lot of attraction between them. One of the things about Miss Harbottle um, in episode two, and I, I do want to go back to episode one in a minute, but yes. um, the thing that struck me most about it, because Miss Harbottle is the first sort of like real character that gets dropped in and really changes the chemistry of Skeldale House um, in a way that we haven't had basically since Helen moved in, um, is that she, uh, her ideas technically aren't wrong. They're just wrong for this. And that really sort of threw me in a way that I wasn't expecting because I was sort of expecting, um, you know, Lacey and I watched the original, uh, star we watched part of the original season one where Miss Harbottle is uh, part of that first season. She's a one episode wonder in, the, in that first season. And she's actually wrong in those episodes. Like, and that, and, and she basically like freaks out and runs away. Um, and to see her really being, you know, well, no, I'm sorry. I have that wrong. She's not wrong in those episodes. She's just, it's just that Siegfried is so terrible that she freaks out and runs away. Here, she actually is wrong. Her ideas aren't wrong, but she's wrong for this for this place. And that really startled me. I wasn't expecting that to be the way it was. I was expecting Siegfried to basically be so overbearing that she had to run away. And that I wasn't expecting. I think he likes being bossed around. I think he likes strong women. Yeah, oh, and, and and now that you've made it all foxtrotty, I'm now hearing that in a completely different light than when you said it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I didn't even think of the foxtrot euphemism as such specifically, but they just yes. have such weird chemistry together that I was like, something has to have like gone on. Yeah. That vibe was bizarre. Yeah, I mean, I think if they dated each other, and she'd never been involved in the business. I think it would have been a great relationship for them both. 
But uh, she doesn't get the thing that they're dealing with animals and that they're dealing with farmers and neighbors and friends. Yeah, um, I, 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 I wasn't expecting her to really. I was expecting her to be more right than she was. Um, mm-hmm. I also wasn't. I, I, I think I was. I was expecting her to kind of look like that, though, um, because mm-hmm. that's what the original Miss Harbottle looked like. So I was sort of expecting this Amazonian lady, mm-hmm. um, and that that part that part like jived with my expectations. Um, but can we just uh, real quick rewind a bit back to episode one, because as you said, there sort of seems to be a character each episode that sort of comes in and sort of fills the Tristan hole. And I feel like in, in episode one, there's sort of, there isn't one character, but two, there's the Clifford guy with his sheep, but there's also the kid, um, Wesley, I think his name is. Wesley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the, the one with the dog basically. Yeah. And, and, I felt like both of those sort of filled the Tristan Hall in different ways. Yes. And uh, I, I I thought that was just a really interesting episode in a lot of ways because I expect I actually at first wondered if this was going to be like an animal abuse situation. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure Lazy did. Oh, my gosh. I texted you that. I was like, please don't tell me this episode is about to be about animal abuse because I was like, I can't handle that. And I, I knew exactly which episode you were on when you said that. And I was like, I can't answer now. Well, I think if anything, it's um, it's an episode about child abuse or child neglect. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting that um, to some degree, more so the first episode than the second episode, this is like all creatures acknowledging that poor people exist. I don't feel like the show has super done that before. It's been very into like, mm-hmm. look at the sort of bucolic, like perfection of the Dales. It's very like Christmas cardy. Everything is beautiful. These hardworking salt of the earth types, but like, especially in the premiere, but a little bit in the second episode too, it's like, look, this place has this in this place where all of this bucolic, like perfection is happening. There's these people living in hovels. Pretty much, which was just a very weird to me. Mm-hmm. Well, that that was sort of interesting. It was really interesting, but it was weird because it's four seasons in, and I don't know that the show has ever acknowledged poor people, really. <laughs> well, it has, but not to that extent. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think um, that was a strange setup because it seemed like they walked around a farmyard and then bang, they were in the bad area of town where people lived in hovels and they had no windows or everybody was outside. And I think it was because it was possibly warmer outside than inside and doing the laundry on the street and sort of ragged people. Um, and another interesting thing was I remember that's that after that original in the books and also on TV, and it was not a happy ending. The dog died and Wesley just went from bad to worse and sort of disappeared, um, which was tremendously sad on, on so many levels. So I was actually glad they sort of cleaned it up here. And I loved the idea of him going out to live on the farm and having and have someone who would sort of look after him. Yeah, because Clifford needs somebody to look after and Wesley needs somebody to look after him. Yeah. And yeah, like that is a very, I, I'm, I'm not saying that's not a, but you know, honestly, the, the, in a way, it's also t- taking it and making it more of a fairy tale because, you know, in a way, because the, the honest answer is that yes, in most cases, the dog would die. And in most cases, Wesley would probably disappear and probably also quietly die in a corner somewhere and no one would know. Um, and that he would be forgotten about. And that is the, the truth of the matter. But, you know, I mean, it, ha- the thing is, you know, Lacey says that they haven't ever addressed poverty quite that way. I mean, they do, you know, the idea that you lose your bull. Well, yeah, but that's still the farmer vibe. That's still the farmer vibe of it, though. It's like, look at this communal thing that's all tied to the animals or whatever. None right. of those people are farmers. They're just mm-hmm. poor people that live in an alley somewhere that I've never seen in all of this time. Right. No, that's true. But like, there's always this this everybody's living on the edge feeling. And these are the people who sort of toppled over. Mm-hmm. Like, these are the people who lost mm-hmm. that cow. Yes, except they're they're at war now. And so pe- there is more of a feeling of unity, I think, and people finding purpose. Um, so possibly that is better for morale. It's better for people's way of living. Also, the fact that everyone is short of food, everyone is suffer- suffering from the rationing, and nearly everyone has somebody who's gone off to war. 
So, of course, this was something the government really played on. Yeah. yeah. I, I have to feel better at Mrs. Hall's uh, baking her attempts at baking with all of the uh with with, with I, I you know it's one of those moments where like well i only substituted a couple of things i substituted all of the things and now i have made a thing that does not taste good at all i was actually <laughs> thinking of trying trying to um trying to recreate those but they did use a lot of root vegetables because they're sweet or swedish um <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just I'm just remembering my sister-in-law when my nieces were one years old, they she didn't want to make them anything with sugar, so she made them a carrot cake with root vegetables and it was a muffin. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Greg's, Greg's sister went through this phase. Greg's sister went through this phase of like baking things with vegetables in them and it Don't do that. Just don't. I don't want that. I don't want that. No one wants that. And we all ate it and pretended like it tasted like it had sweets in it, but it did not. Mm. It's like how people, it's like how my favorite lie where people are like, oh, mashed cauliflower. It's no. just the same as mashed potatoes. It is not. <laughs> and no one should support this lie. It is different. And if you like cauliflower, you'll be very happy about it. I love cauliflower, but they, there you go. I think cauliflower smells like gym socks. You have oh. never had cauliflower. You've never had good Ugh. cauliflower. That is clearly yeah. the answer here because good cauliflower is great. Anyway, let us move. Let it. Let it. Let us not discuss food. Let us discuss um, the saving of cows. Um. <laughs> oh, wait, can we talk? Let's talk about Mrs. Hall's divorce since we're all in the Mrs. Hall tipic. Oh, I, you know what? That is actually a very. That's a very good one because I really did. Lo- I loved the fact that we had that entire. You know, because we don't really discuss. That's another thing that we don't really focus on in these sorts of shows is how how people. Were, had to stay married in a lot of ways because the church really told them that this was what they wanted to do and that they really did and truly felt that they were doing something truly bad by getting divorced. A thing we now do with impunity and never yeah. think twice about. Yeah, I think I think the thing is that the way the law was then, somebody had to be guilty and he was guilty of desertion. Mm, yeah, yeah, there was no there was no no fault divorce. What I find extraordinary is that um, is Gerald has never really thought about Mrs. Hall's marital status. In in episode two, it does sort of come out that she's married. I mean, I we don't really get to see a lot of his reaction in episode two. Um, so you are sort of skipping ahead yeah. beyond where people have watched yes. so far, unless, they, unless they're streaming. But the fact that he does not freak out in episode yes. two immediately obviously suggests that it's not going to bother him. Because he's perfect. Well, he must have thought about it because she was sort of masquerading as a widow because it was mm-hmm. such a shameful thing, um, in, you know, to, ha- to be deserted by, by your husband. And presumably Gerald, being the tender soul he is, did not want to ask anything that might upset her, but you think he would want to know. And also, when she does tell him, I mean, is, is he going to think that, He's running around with the town floozy or something. I mean, honestly, like she, I, I can't she. Okay, I, I. And this is one of the things where I don't actually know the law, but I would assume that at this point, it's been so long that she can sue for abandonment. Isn't that kind of how that yeah. works? Uh, I think ah, it's. I okay. think it's desertion. But yes. Okay, so that's basically what she's doing here. That's kind of what I assumed was happening: is that she's basically saying, "My husband deserted me. I haven't seen him in you know twenty odd years or ten odd years or however mm-hmm. freaking long it's been. Um, I'm so our our marriage has been over for so long that our son is old enough to be in the army and is busy fighting World War II, right? Like that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, I actually really uh, the other thing I really liked about uh, episode one was the contrast between uh, her and her and her son and Siegfried and Tristan and their hesitance to put up the photos. Oh yeah, and how they both how they both had reasons kind of not to put them up, but coming from completely different angles. Yes, and I thought that was very interesting. And how they both, how they both had reasons not to want to show it, but partly, but in the end, also because they didn't want to be reminded that they could die at any time. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that really, I don't know. I felt that was, I think that was probably for me one of the most moving parts of episode one, um, more than more than more than the the 
I, I mean, I did love the the dog thing, and I I did kind of, I, and I was really glad that like Wesley goes and lives in the farm and all that. But honestly, the thing that got me was probably like that that sort of Siegfried and Mrs. Hall sort of dared each other to put those pictures out, and sort of pushed each other to put those pictures out, and now they're out, and that's great. And I kind of lo- and that for me was the thing that I loved the most about that episode. Yeah. Um, I have a slight critique on the. Mrs. Hall Siegfried situation. And I think that that is the show has no idea what they're doing with the two of them. Mm-hmm. And I need them to pick a lane. Like, I need them to pick a lane. Like, is this something we're supposed to be oh, rooting for from like a romantic perspective? Because there were a lot of moments during this episode that felt really weird to me. Um, I do not ship it for the record. I love Gerald, Team Gerald. But um, I don't know. There was like moments where he seemed really like... <sighs> I don't know, he said something to the effect of, I didn't know your relationship with Gerald mm-hmm. was like that serious or whatever. And like, are you <laughs> alive? I just, <laughs> it's very, like, the vibe between them is very weird. And I actually think that scene you're talking about would have been so much more effective if the show was much clearer whether or not the thing between them is like, are they're, if they're platonic friends, like that, that scene reads really differently than it does than okay. if they're maybe into each other. And I think it's actually more powerful from the friendship side. The thing about Gerald and Mrs. Hall, though, is that they are continually going backwards and forwards. And, you know, you have that big scene at the end of season three where Mrs. Hall grabs him at the Christmas party and kisses him. And he says, I forgot my coat. as a reason why he came back which is very sweet but it's like they've reverted back now they haven't moved past that yeah i i i actually noted that and that was actually one of my notes that i wanted to bring up to lacy um because one of the things that we talked about in the uh miss scarlet uh episode last week was that um we had this big jump forward kind of moment um at the end of season three where um where uh uh, William is is po- where basically William is dumped and she says to him, I can't be with you because you're in love with another woman, a.k.a. Eliza. And so Lacey kind of came in to season th- four expecting like that relationship to have moved forward, at least in William's mind, and they've reverted back. And I felt very much that the same thing had happened here with Gerald and Mrs. Hall. Hmm. I would dis- mm-hmm. I would disagree with that, actually, because... Uh, I would disagree with that because I don't know that their like interpersonal dynamic is ever going to mm-hmm. be like super all over each other or whatever. But she's initiating yeah. divorce proceedings, like that's a big deal. That's a big deal, like for her personally. And like, why else would she be doing it if she didn't think that her relationship with Gerald was going somewhere? Well, she's saying that she wants to divorce because she feels it's wrong that she doesn't really have an identity as being married or not married, and. And she's embarrassed that she has to go to church. And before God, she has a husband knocking around that nobody seems to know about. And I really don't think that relationship with Gerald is ever going to go anywhere. I think it probably will, but it's like one step forward, two steps back, both of them. But on the other hand, they have the dogs and the dogs would be really upset if, you know, they didn't go for walks together and so on. And so, you know, that relationship is going to continue in some way. But you would think that Gerald would want to make an honest woman of her. Well, it did take her forever to be okay with dating him instead of like just friends owning him for two seasons. Well, yes, except they weren't dating, were they? They were taking their dogs for walks. And the time he tried to take her on a date, oh, that was awful. And he took her to the concert. Well, she friends she friend zoned him, but now she has unfriend zoned him, which is also a sort of progress. I'm just glad they don't have smartphones, frankly. <laughs> Um, really what gets me about uh, the thing about Siegfried is that I feel like, and I, I don't know if this comes across, but I sort of have this reading of it is that Siegfried hasn't let go of the idea that Mrs. Hall is an option that he has in his back pocket, like the fallback position. If nothing else works out, he can always just go to Mrs. Hall and that Mrs. Hall no longer is there and, 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 and maybe was never really there. And it is, and is much more focused on if she's going to end up with Gerald or somebody else, 
that it's not Siegfried and she's moved on from that if she was ever there. And it's completely in Siegfried's mind. Siegfried's objection, really, at heart, is you do not date for help. It's a class thing. But that there's a level... And you really think it's that? Because to me, like, <laughs> I honestly feel like, like, to me, I have always sort of read it as Mrs. Hall as the fallback position. That he co- sort of considers her a fallback position. He he goes around saying, I just don't think he gets out enough. Oh, no, he does. Like, maybe if he met some other people, this vibe between them wouldn't be so weird. But if it's either Mrs. Hall or, like, the psychotic new <laughs> assistant lady... I mean, these are your options, sir. There's got to be some nice widower. Mrs. Mrs. Pumphrey's single. Okay, but that would be that would mean that he would have to adopt Tricky Woo, and there would be like a whole ceremony about that. It's class again. She's above him. Oh, point. Right. Yes. And she also has a ton of money, and it would be embarrassing. I don't know. Go talk. Go, meet a girl down the pub. Do something. Like you're you're not wrong, but also um. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, where is my where is my boy Tricky Woo anyway? While we're on that subject, where I assume yeah. he's going to show up later in this season. Um, and I I assume he's going to show up once Richard once we get uh, Carmudi to show up because I expect to have a Carmudi Tricky Woo showdown. Oh, is that the new kid that's in the trailers? That's the new kid who has all the pictures of him looking massively nervous around cows. Um, I assume he is going to be. Uh, I have not watched Beyond episode two, so Janet, do not spoil me. But I am assuming that he that because all of the photos of him are of him looking massively nervous around cows is that he is a very massively nervous human being who is massively nervous around cows. Yes, he he's also covered with mud and manure too. You know. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, so he's just he, he's just he's just kind of vaguely incompetent, and and when he meets Tricky Woo, Tricky Woo is going to win every single fight that they have. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's just what I got. That's kind of what I figured the dynamic would be, and that that would be the funniest dynamic there could be. So there you go. Um, I also want to know. Um, so the whole baby thing. Let's talk about the baby thing. Oh, oh, Hel- Helen's baby fever. Yeah. I hate baby fever as a storyline just generally. But there's a war on. The birth rate goes up when there's a war on. People have babies. They think, well, who knows what's going to happen? That makes no sense to me. There's a war on. Why have babies? They might die. They might. Right? Your house (laughs) might get bombed. But but they might not. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think we're meant to assume that somehow James and Helen are... um, are using some incredibly efficient form of contraception. I mean, I assume there were efficient forms of contraception that were not the pill before the pill existed. People did actually have them. Well, yeah, and they're, I have to assume, Protestants, so they're, it's yeah. less, you know, tabooish. Well, I think, I think the Church of England was pretty much accepting of contraception by this point. I, I can't remember, but, but it's not like you could go down the chemists and <laughs> and buy your supplies for the week, you'd probably have to drive to a town 30 miles away. <laughs> um, so I'm glad they're not really getting into that more. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of just, I mean, I think they'll be adorable parents and I think they're both very attractive people who would make a very attractive child. But I also kind of wanted Helen to get something to do that yeah. wasn't baby fever. Yeah, you see, that's the thing. Is this is the 1940s, and she's a wife, and that part I was totally expecting. I was totally expecting her to turn into a broodmare. I, I, I'm sorry. That was that was 100 like this is 100 on brand for what's going to happen to her. Like that, I was I was never expecting her to be allowed to have an actual job. Um, though I do think that now that uh, we have had our we have had our Miss Harbottle moment, that perhaps. Siegfried might allow her to be a little more proactive in uh, dealing with the uh, finances of the household. Well, um, he, he should because she's a very capable woman. She was doing the farm books for all her life, virtually. Mm-hmm. And um, and unlike Mrs. Harbottle, she actually gets the uh, the the what what they're doing here and how they're doing it. So yeah. Yeah, but Siegfried is is just so annoying to work with. I mean, you know, when they were doing their inventory, it was like, you know, next time he opens his mouth, she's going to 
you know, pour some nasty substance over his head or something because he was so annoying. <laughs> Honestly, like, uh, there's a moment in one of your, there's a moment in your in your recap where you're like, murder is averted when, and I fell over laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, poor Siegfried. He's in some in some ways. I mean, he's such a capable veterinarian, and in other ways. In other ways, he's completely idiotic. <laughs> well, in a lot of ways, he was going to let that poor cow get, you know, sent to the, sent to a farm upstate, if you will. Yeah, sent on holiday. <laughs> Can we talk about the cow? Shall we talk about the cow? Oh, that poor cow. Yeah. Um, Because I felt very bad for the cow, Um, first yeah. of all. And that was, uh, I think that was the, fir- the first time where I really felt like James undermining Siegfried was just was not just justified but actually felt really good in a way that i was not expecting mm-hmm. um in fact this entire episode was sort of really surprised me in how in how kind of anti-siegfried i felt by the end of it mm-hmm. um because that's not i don't usually feel anti any character here mm-hmm. except except maybe like I don't know. Like, I've I've maybe felt a little anti-Tristan when he's treated Molly really badly. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like, I've never really felt like as annoying as Siegfried is. I've never really disliked him, mm-hmm. and this is probably as close as I've come to being like, "Wow, I you someone needs to smack you hard." Yeah, but he's lonely. I, I mean, that and, is and Siegfried's I, basic I, problem. But yeah. Uh. I mean, people would rather spend, send a cow to a farm upstate rather than get therapy. I mean, it, seriously, like, what even is... I, just, <sighs> I have questions. But you see, that, that argument about the cow providing milk for calves, that was an economic argument. And I think it's important yeah. for the farmers and for the veterinarians to consider the economics of what they're doing. Uh, also, he'd have to pay the knackers too. That's true. Loss, loss. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I, I'm glad the cow lived to lived to have a happy retirement. Mm-hmm. I think she deserved it. Poor thing. So, uh, we have we have how many more episodes to go? Five more episodes to go with the Christmas special. Yes. Um, um and uh, I, I have to say that um, unlike Miss Scarlet, where I. Where I'm start, where I I have been sort of asking myself how many more seasons we can go. I do feel like All Creatures still has quite a lot of gas in the tank. How about you guys? I do too. I mean, I just think there's always going to be animals that need like animal husbandry or whatever, and um, like the show, the show doesn't necessarily like while all the characters have emotional sort of arcs within the world of the show, they aren't necessarily like. 100% necessary for the continued function of the show. Like, James and Helen could go move off somewhere, like, and retire to a farm or whatever, and Siegfried hires some new people. Or, you know, Siegfried retires and gives the practice to to Harriet. And, like, there's just a lot of ways, like, there's a lot of ways that this could, but it's not, like, called a midwife-level eternity, but it could continue for quite a while, I think. I mean, how many books did this dude write? Yeah, I know uh, he went. I think I think that basically covered up until what, like the fifties, um, at least. Oh, it was the six. It was the sixties, like in the late sixties. Apparently, everybody was reading these books on trains and hooting with laughter, which is rather sweet. So, you know, they were sold at the railway station bookstalls, and um, they were immensely popular. And uh, and and you know, Harriet always came over as, as such an or Alf Wright rather he always came over as such a nice guy but i think i think the smart thing the series is doing is is absolutely glomming back onto the animals it's about the animals and we're getting that a lot and we did in the, in these two episodes and um and i think that is you know that, that is the core philosophy of the season you know it's not so much the bizarre love affair between Gerald and Mrs Hall wow we would wow I will here to defend them and their old people romance. Old people deserve <laughs> boyfriends too. One of the things I thought was really interesting, especially because the show leans so much into it, 
Um, and it's the reason Tristan is not present is that the whole like war as a thing is not really a thing in these first two episodes. Like somebody legitimately comments like, hey, if there weren't people missing, we wouldn't even know there was a war. But I think that's historically correct. I mean, probably. But like if Tristan weren't missing, would we know that World War Two is happening? Well, I mean, they work very hard at that. You have people in uniform and you have um, um, and you have people, um, men drilling you know, uh, running along lanes and things. And, and clearly things are going on and you get the newspaper headlines. But I believe the beginning of the war, it did go very quiet. It was called the phone war. I can't remember how long it lasted. But rationing came in. Rationing would have been starting around the time this season starts. So that would have made a difference. And, you know, people running low on labor on the farms that was a real issue too so i'm sure we'll get some land girls in sooner or later ah see i'd be into that siegfried meet a nice land girl (laughs) (laughs) i uh i have to say that um i i I, the one thing i that makes me feel like world war ii is happening other than the absence of tristan um is that is the back and forth about the babies and the and the the idea hanging over them they, that Helen needs to get pregnant ASAP because James could leave at any time. Um, yes. And I assume that that is because by the end of the season, James will leave. I believe in the books that is he does get called up. I am correct in that. Yes. Yes, I think he, I, I think one of the books and I can't remember which one it was, was entirely done in flashbacks. You know, when he was on basic training flashback. Oh, that's interesting. I'm sure the show wouldn't do that because it would mean no animals, but it would be really interesting. I guess they could have some flashbacks and also animals. Well, it works for a short story format. I don't think it works for a TV series yeah. format because mm. you, you need it to be more centered on on the characters and on, and on the place and time. But, okay, if, if James goes off to... <clears throat> assuming that the show goes there and James goes off to war, you know, he is the central character. The show started with him. Do we stay in Yorkshire or do we then have scenes of the war interspersed with Yorkshire or do we spend time mostly with James and Tristan at war with a few scenes in Yorkshire? Which would you want it to be? Janet? I would want it to stay in Yorkshire because I think it is about that experience. Whereas Tristan is off, I mean, he's in Europe, he's in Africa. Um, and, you know, letters come from him, letters are sent to him. Uh, As you said in your yes. recap, he's having a grand old time like most young men did at that time. I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he was having a whale of a time and what? also being away from his brother. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he misses his brother, but he doesn't have somebody criticizing him and telling him off and telling him what to do. Well, he does, but but they're people in uniform. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's quite likely, though, that Tristan will will be going to Africa or somewhere like that because because that was where they used the animals a lot. Mm. Although, if, you know, if that warehouse in Leeds is still up, world on fire they could do it on the cheap (laughs) world on fire still has not been renewed for season three by the way um uh lacy how about you what would you want the show to do if uh, assuming james will eventually go off to war Um, what would you like the show to do i think selfishly i would want it to do a little bit of both i would want i would want some I, i don't think the show can survive without having some animals and animal storylines happening i don't think i can survive if the whole season is siegfried so i need (laughs) (laughs) i need there i i don't i just feel like james like will need something with james i don't know i don't know like the amount or level that that is but i just don't think that i don't think siegfried and Helen. The Siegfried show is not for you. Well, I don't think it's for anybody. I don't think. Um, I don't. I just don't think he could carry the whole show. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that is mean to Samuel West. You don't think I, Samuel West? Look, could carry I them? suffered through Mr. Selfridge. Okay, <laughs> I know. Oh, oh. I like Samuel West, but I'm just saying Siegfried as a character. I don't think can carry the show on his own. Okay, and I don't know if Siegfried. As a character with Helen and Mrs. Hall can carry the show. Like, I just, I don't. 
Now, if you have read the books and if they stick to the books, you sort of know what's going to happen anyway at some point. Um, but I think there has to be some sort of um, excuse, I mean, probably almost certainly in the next season, for James to come back and practice as a vet because he is needed. I mean, that uh, there are all these references just in these first two episodes. This, you know, farmers are important, farmers feed people. You need to have you know, disease-free milk and you need to have labor on the farms to make sure that people are being fed because... Um, so you think even if they send James off to war that in the end they will find a reason to send him back? Oh, so yeah, that it won't I, I it won't so. take a, he won't be gone for a whole season the way Tristan's being the way Tristan is gone this whole season. Oh, I hope not. I I, okay. I I hope not. Yeah, but we will see. Um, you know, because I I have to say I'm kind of with Lacey as much as I love Samuel West, and I do think Samuel West could carry a show on his own. Um, I just don't think his. I, I don't think the character he. This is no shade on Samuel West. I don't think the character he plays in this show is a character that is meant to carry a whole show. I, I have to, I do have to agree with you. And I do think that as much as I understand Janet's no, if they go off to war, they leave and we focus and we stay in Yorkshire. I don't think that's what I would want from the show with both Tristan and James at war. I would want once multiple characters are off at war, I would want some of that to be shown to me. Or or maybe Tristan gets shot in the leg or something. I don't know. And gets sent home. And they trade. And they trade. And it's the season where James okay. is absent, but Tristan is there. I could deal with that. Okay, that, that would be fair. Okay, I would do that. But once we have multiple characters in the war, I would... I'm not saying I need it to be world on fire, but I definitely feel like I would at least need some of what James and Tristan are going through. To actually like be shown on screen. Mm-hmm. That's all. Well, there, well, there is the other, the other um, aspect of it, um, and this really isn't a spoiler. But Carmody actually says at one point, "This is my duty. I'm a veterinarian. This is how I am serving my country." Oh, by staying home. Yes, which I think is such a valid point, and I don't know that it was any. Um, I don't think it was any sort of debate in his mind. He was a veterinarian. He wanted to make sure people were fed and the animals were healthy and so on. And that makes so much sense. And you think that that might be a theme that, that basically starts coming back later? Well, it's a theme that's always that's always been there. Um, hmm. I, I mean, in the previous season, at any rate, it's like, what it, where does my duty lie? Hmm. Should I go and have adventures? Should I... Should I stay here and help my brother out and help the community out? And I think that is a very difficult um, decision for them to make. And, you know, now now James James and Helen are getting on the baby wagon. Um, you know, I mean, you I know, assume she's going to be pregnant within a couple of episodes. And we're going to start wearing the the false bellies, like you know. I think I I think we should start knitting things for her immediately. You know, people <laughs> used to do that in England. Um, they used to knit baby clothes for characters who were having babies in, particularly in the radio shows, and they would send them to the BBC. That is adorable. What did they do with Isn't them? Did they sweet? like go to charity or something? That's so cute. Yeah, well, it's it, it's it's like people knitting things for the royal family. They used to do that too. <laughs> I wish you could see Anna's face. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but also I'm just going to tell myself no. that like it went to charity or like a good cause or something. That's where I'm. Oh, I'm sure it did. Up. Yes, yes. But also, no. Okay. Well, no. Actually, the royal family I think can never give away any gift. So somewhere in Buckingham Palace, there is an attic full of um, moth-laden baby clothes. <laughs> That's horrifying. All right. Um. On that note, <laughs> final thoughts. <laughs> Uh, Janet, go first if you can stop laughing. <laughs> Final thoughts. I hope the season holds together. I mean, there. Um, I'm sorry. I should have. I should. I should have brought this up in in my recaps. But it is new. Is it not a new writing directing team 
Uh, yes, because um, it, it uh, the the uh, the original writer director is uh, doing a different project right now. Um, I can't remember what he moved on. Oh, uh, Gentleman in Moscow, which is the uh, Kenneth Branagh produced uh, series, um, which is a Paramount Plus produced show, which I really hope manages to find its way over here. So what do I hope to see from all creatures, grades and small? More of the same. Um, they do the animals really well. They do the farmers really well. They do the community really well. And I think, you know, if they can tie the wartime experience into that, I think that will be great. I want to see land girls. Um, and uh, uh, I want to, I want to see Germans parachuting down and all the women running for the parachute silk. Did you know they used to do that? It was in great demand. It was silk. It's actual silk. And so women used to go and grab it to make underwear with. Uh, I've learned something today. Janet, you teach me new things every time we podcast you. I love it. <laughs> they should put that um, in the show. Well, I'm old. I know. I no, know they should things. absolutely put that in the show. I really want them to put that in the show now. Now that you've said that, I desperately need a scene where that happens. It doesn't have to be this season. It just has to happen. Um, I, I have to say, my final thought is that I really love the fact that this show does not feel like it is going anywhere like one of the things i've been sort of worried about especially um you know as the show goes on is whether or not the comfort television will sort of fade you know as it, it sort of because you know after a while you know how many cows can you really save and it not become repetitive <laughs> and yet somehow we save a new cow every week They're and it's different you know, every cows time. Well, no, it's not just that they're different cows. No, it's a cow. It's a cow with different makeup on. <laughs> we just we we save our cows in different ways every single time, and it's just it's fascinating all the different <laughs> ways. I never knew cows could get sick in so many different ways. Anyway, um, sheep and sheep are the worst, and I think horses are even worse than sheep. Horses can walk into a field and do themselves a terrible injury. From nothing. That feels like getting older. I I, I like pulled something in my shoulder sleeping. So I feel it speaks to me. Uh, well, uh, is, we're having it, far too much fun here. I know, right? Yeah, is it, I was going to be like, is it my turn? <laughs> yes, it's your my turn, turn now. Uh, I think it's my turn. I just kind of want the show to do what it does well, which is it's cozy. It's warm. The animals are cute. Most of the time, the animals are saved, except sometimes when they're not. Um, but I think that I think this is a show that, for the most part, knows its lane and and stays in that lane. And I think there is a lot that many other shows could learn from that. Like, find the thing you're good at and do that thing. Um, I do wish, like, on the downside that I like I said Everybody has already told me that I shouldn't be wanting more for Helen than Baby Mania because history, but I still can't help wanting a little bit more for Helen than Baby Mania. But uh, Helen's worked all her, all her adult life and probably most of her childhood as well. So maybe she's earned a break. Well, like I say that, like parenthood is not work. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea of women, of women being, you know, being at home with the children was really something that started after World War Two because the factory jobs ended. So, you know, it's like, well, why don't you go home, dear, and put on a nice penny? And women did. And I'm sure a lot of them were very unhappy about it, too. I mean, Helen is such a capable person. And, you know, seeing, seeing her have to deal with Siegfried's idiocy week after week, I mean, my goodness. She's a more patient woman than I would be. I do like her. I do like Helen and Mrs. Hall kind of teaming up. That's that's a dynamic yes. that I really enjoyed, and I would like to see more mm -hmm. of that. And of course, mm -hmm. uh, Gerald and Mrs. Hall, a functional. I don't know that I want to see Gerald and Mrs. Hall. Quite honestly, I'm sort of getting a bit tired. Of them. I will wave the oh, Gerald dear. and Mrs. Hall flag over here. <laughs> <laughs> Is that our show? Are we done? Everybody yep. feel good. Yep. All right. Um, yep. We will be, I think, circling back to all creatures by the at the end of the season, which is not for some time. But, uh, you know, keep an eye out. We're here. If you want to get ahead of all of us, the full thing is available on PBS Passport currently for members. And uh, also on, yeah, also on PBS Passport, 
there is the show called The Yorkshire Vet. Oh, Janet which is loves about, The Yorkshire Vet. I love that show. It is the funniest thing. It is much ruder than um, All Creatures Great and Small, but um, but it is extremely funny. And, you know, I was reminded of that in the second episode where the woman brought her goats into the surgery. I mean, they're always doing that um, in the modern practice. But, you know, people would, tr- guys would drive up in trucks with a, with a U in labor in the back of it, and they deliver the lamb in the car park. Um, that is uh, that is so true to life. Apparently, a lot of modern veterinarians though got really upset because they found that after people watched all creatures great and sworn, this is probably the earlier series, um, they were saying, "Well, how about I make a nice pie for you or something?" They say, "No, no, we want money. We're professionals. <laughs> we, don't your, we don't want system was alive and well. Jam. <laughs> the rhubarb jam." <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyway um, Janet, while you're while you're telling us about the Yorkshire vet, tell people where they can find you on the internet. Well, I'm on Facebook. I'm there, and um, I don't do a whole lot. I tend to put pictures of my tomatoes um, on Facebook, but it's not really tomato season. In fact, I just ripped up the old tomato plants just a couple of days ago, um, and uh, and I'm occasionally on what used to be Twitter and what used to be a nice place, but I think I'm leaving it. So, Annie, your turn. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle basically everywhere. Um, so that's basically like everywhere um, from Blue Sky to Threads to whatever to whatever. Um, or you can basically Google me because I basically come up because I'm the only Annie Bundle there is. Um, and you can find out what I wrote this week. Uh, I'm the associate editor here at Televisions and I also freelance around the web. So yeah, just Google me and find my bylines because I love writing and I write way too much. Huzzah! Uh, I am Lacey MB on all of the platforms that let you pick a username. Uh, If you have thoughts, questions, scoops about where random shows have shown up, we would love to hear that from you. You can send those things to me at any of those platforms or email us at televisions at weta.org. If you just want uh, the site and the pod, we are at televisions.org, where you can find news, recaps, listicles, reviews, interviews with a variety of people, all kinds of things. And if you are so inclined while you're there, you can click on that donate button up top to help us keep making all of this content that comes your way every day. Um, that rhymed and I didn't mean it to. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is our show. I don't know. My back is killing me because I'm sitting on the floor again and I forgot how much I hated this. But uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Please um, mask up if you are not feeling well and going out and about. Take a COVID test if you are unsure. Because let me tell you, being trapped in your house while your spouse has COVID pretty much sucks. And uh, get a booster, get a flu shot, do what you can to do. It is nasty out there and everybody's getting sick. The first CVS I went to was sold out of COVID tests. So that's where we are right now as a nation. Um, I don't know. We'll be here next week to talk about something else to distract you from the mess that is going on all around us. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.